ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ARE Study Guide Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about acoustics. Now, keep in mind, acoustics is a really broad subject. There's a lot that can go into it, but for our exams, we just really need to know the fundamental basics and particularly the most detrimental things that can happen acoustically within our spaces. When we're talking about acoustics, we talk about decibels, and decibels describe the intensity of sound. Zero decibels is the quietest sound that can be heard. And then when we increase, it's not going to be linear. 10 decibels is actually going to be 10 times more sound energy than zero. 20 decibels is 100 times more sound energy than zero. 20 decibels is equivalent to a whisper. 50 decibels is equivalent to a normal conversation, like in an office environment. 120 decibels is a chainsaw. Don't worry about memorizing that. Just understand that decibels are not linear. Frequency is measured in hertz. Frequency is a measurement indicating the pitch of sound. When we talk about noise, noise is always a negative thing. Noise is defined as an unpleasant, loud, or otherwise undesirable sound. The articulation index tells you how much background elements are affecting our ability to hear human speech. Articulation index. So it's describing how well you can hear someone's words. The articulation index is between zero and one. At zero, you can't hear anything. At one, you can hear everything. When you want privacy, you want a low articulation index. So 0.15 would be good. When you want to create a space for communication, the articulation index should be at least 0.6. The inverse square law for acoustics says that sound intensity reduces by 6 decibels each time you double the distance between the noise source and the receiver. So when we're trying to reduce someone's ability to hear a noise, creating a more of distance will be an effective strategy. And this only applies for outdoor spaces. So a good way to think about it is when there's a loud highway and you have your building and you want to prevent your occupants from hearing the noise from the highway, push the building back as far away as possible from the road. Sound masking. Sound masking is the principle that when you hear two sounds at the same time, it's going to be harder to hear or understand either one of them. And when the two frequencies of the sounds are similar, the noises will actually cancel each other out. So sound masking is used when you want to block noise or create acoustical privacy. You can install sound masking devices above the ceiling facing upwards, and it'll provide a uniform masking throughout the space. Common sounds for sound masking devices are white noise and the sound of moving air. An interesting side note, sound masking devices 
for sound control are also referred to as acoustical perfume, which is pretty funny. Noise isolation class, the NIC, tells you the level of sound control between two adjacent spaces. The STC, the sound transmission class, tells you how effective a material or assembly is at reducing sound transmission. So NIC is the level of sound control between two spaces. The STC is a property of a material or assembly relating to its effectiveness at reducing sound transmission. The higher the STC, the better it is at sound isolation. Not that you need to know these by heart, but just so you have an idea. When you have a wall assembly with an STC of 25, you'd be able to hear a conversation through a wall. When you have an STC of 35 for a wall assembly, you'd be able to hear someone on the other side speaking loudly, but you wouldn't be able to understand what they're saying necessarily. In general, STC 40 for a wall is going to be good at blocking general sounds. And then when you have dwelling units or hotel rooms, the code requires an STC rating of 50. All right, so how do we achieve the STC ratings? So if we just have a half-inch sheet of drywall on each side of a wall, we're going to have an STC rating of 35. If we have a half-inch sheet of drywall on each side of the wall, but we stagger our studs, meaning that we prevent um, a continuous bridge, sound works a lot like heat transfer does. So in heat, we have thermal bridging those same bridges will move sound. So when we stagger our studs, we prevent the continuous transmission through the studs, and it's very effective at reducing sound transmission. So the half-inch drywall on each side gave us an STC of 35, but if we do a half-inch of drywall with staggered studs, we're getting an STC of 44. When you're deciding where to put a sound barrier, you should put it as close to the source as possible. This will be more effective than putting it right in the middle between the source and the receiver. Impact noise. Impact noise is going to be a big one for our spaces. So impact noise refers to any noise created by the impact of an object on a sound barrier. So this could be if you knock on a wall, that would be an impact noise or most common is when you hear people walking on the floor above you. That is referred to as impact noise. Ways to reduce impact noise are carpets, rugs, dropping the ceiling on the floor below, floating the floor, that would be above where the impact noise is coming from. If you float that floor, you can reduce the sound. Or you can place acoustic materials in the cavity between the two adjacent spaces. When you're thinking about acoustics, if you know that a room is going to be really noisy, say a gymnasium, you would not want to put it near a quiet room, such as a classroom. You're going to want to think about which rooms are going to generate a lot of noise and try to keep them together. And then all your quiet spaces, keep those together. Just like heat, sound is going to transfer through the wall through a path of least resistance. 
So openings such as doors and windows and all the penetrations for our MEP systems are going to be where sound transfers the most. To reduce sound transmission, we can caulk, seal, and tape our joints. Glass is the least dense part of any wall assembly, so the most sound is going to transfer where our glazing is. If you're really concerned about noise control, you're going to want to minimize the number of glazed openings on that wall. General methods for reducing the amount of noise that enters a space. You create high STC rated assemblies. Use sound absorbing materials, both in the space where the noise is being created and in the space where the unwanted noise may be heard. Reduce the wall area between the two spaces. The more wall area between a noisy space and a quiet space, the more sound is going to come through. The smaller the wall area, the less sound that will go through. You can always use buffer zones to separate noisy spaces from quiet spaces, such as having a closet between the two spaces. You can use green glue between the sheets of drywall, or you can use resilient channels, which are really good. A resilient channel is a channel that the sheetrock hangs off of, and it bridges between the stud and the sheetrock. So it prevents the sheetrock from being in direct contact with the stud. Or you can use sound isolation clips, which are similar to resilient channels, but even better. So on the test, um, I don't know if you'll actually have to do these calculations, but they are in the handbook. So it is very important to be familiar with them since they are providing them on the test. So the formulas on the test are the wavelength of sound, which is the wavelength of sound equals the velocity of the sound over the frequency of the sound. Don't worry about memorizing these. These are on the test, but just so you know what the variables are. The variables on that, the one that I think is kind of weird is C equals velocity. And then the sound absorption of a material is equal to the sound absorption coefficient times the surface area of the material. So to the sound absorption of a material, you just find the SAC, and then you multiply that by the total surface area of the material. And then to find the sound absorption of a room, you're going to add all of the sound absorption totals for every material in that space. That's a basic overview of acoustics. If you want to learn more, check out my project planning and design study guide at the arestudyguidepodcast.com. I have 15 pages devoted to acoustics that go really deep. If you really want to understand these principles, there's a lot more to acoustics, but this podcast episode has given you a fair rundown of the basic principles that I think you'll need to know to pass your project planning and design exam. If you have any questions or you want to reach out to me with any feedback, suggestions, uh, I'd love to hear it. Check out the contact page at arestudyguidepodcast.com. And until next time, bye guys.